0: chapter seventeen of twenty minutes late by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seventeen learning that wonderful sunday which stood out forever in caroline bryant's life history as a marked day was moving toward sunset when she received a summons which sent her heart to fluttering dorothy had left her but a little while before with the information that she always spent that hour with papa When he did not have to go out to see some sick person and she had spent the time in looking carefully over the sunday-school lesson because dorothy had said that papa would read it at family worship and talk a little bit about it and ask some questions caroline had a terror of being asked a question which she could not answer and resolved when she heard this to take the first leisure minute for studying she was just puzzling over a verse which she did not in the least understand when dorothy knocked at her door papa says we may go and see mamma a few minutes she said her face aglow with pleasure she has not been so well to-day and has not even seen me but to-night she feels better and has sent word that she wants to see you too will you come right away please carolina rose at once but if it had been possible for her to think of an excuse for not going she would certainly have given it her limbs trembled so she could hardly walk and she half thought that dorothy must hear her heart beat she could not explain why she had such a fear of mrs Forsythe, but it had been growing on her all day however she followed dorothy and her father down the long hall to another part of the house dorothy was clinging to her father's hand and talking to him so caroline's silence was not noticed the door opened very softly and the newcomer found herself in a larger room than she had seen before dorothy turned at once toward the bed in the alcove with a glad little murmur and bent her head over the pillows despite her nervous tremor caroline's beauty-loving eyes could not help taking in while she waited some of the delights of that room the carpet was so thick and soft that no sound of footfall however heavy could possibly be heard on it and the pattern suggested a lovely sunset the most exquisite order prevailed everywhere it did not look in the least like a sick-room to caroline's eyes at least everything was elegant the easy-chairs seemed almost like beds themselves and drawn near the bay window was a couch large and billowy piled high with cushions there were plants in the southern window and flowers in the vases and a wood fire in the grate it is the hardest room to describe i ever saw wrote caroline to ben in the next letter everything is in it that ought to be and everything in its place and looks as though it always stayed there and yet there is not a bit of stiffness such as there was when mrs kedwin put her parlour in what she called complete order she had turned quite away from the bed partly to still her own nervous excitement and partly because of an innate sense of delicacy about watching dorothy's greeting to her mother and was apparently studying the roses in the vase when dr forsythe spoke to her come here caroline and make the acquaintance of dorothy's mother she made her way across the room as best she could and stood with glowing cheeks beside the bed a delicate hand almost as white as the frills of the white woolen wrapper was held out to her and a gentle voice said it is quite time i knew caroline she has stolen my dorothy's heart what a low sweet voice she had and the touch of her hand on Caroline's was warm and tender. Caroline, frightened as she was, could not help answering the pleasant smile on the lady's face with one of her own. Mrs. Forsythe held her hand and went on talking to her husband about the services of the day, about the Sunday school and who had taken the Bible class, quite as though she had been in the habit of attending, though it was years since she had been in church presently she said to caroline still in the same low-toned voice do you know we are very thankful to your mother for sparing you to help our little girl tell her so for me she will know just how a mother feels my dear said the doctor you have talked quite long enough for this time i think i must send all your company away or they will disturb your dreams to-night Mrs. Forsythe smiled on him, drew the hand she held closer, and said in low tones to Caroline, Kiss me, dear. The startled girl leaned forward, feeling much as she might if an angel had asked her for a kiss, and touched her lips softly to the delicate cheek, but the lady's kiss was nice and full, right on the rosy mouth. I feel that I can trust you, dear, she whispered, and it rests me more than you can understand you will take care of my little girl for her mother will you not then caroline knew that she was ready to do anything for this fair sweet lady that it was possible for human being to do it almost seems as though i could lie there and be sick for her she told herself as she turned away and when she said that she had given the utmost stretch to her loving help of which she was capable for she could think of nothing she dreaded so much as the idea of lying in bed day after day and being sick it is surprising when one stops to think of it what a very short time it takes for us to become accustomed to an entirely different order of things from what we had known before for instance before caroline had been three weeks in her new home it seemed the most natural thing in the world for her to dress herself each morning in her pretty new suit and hurry through her breakfast and morning duties in time for a certain car. The great schoolrooms, with their rows and rows of desks and long halls, the many flights of stairs, the cases full of books, the blackboards stretching down the length of the rooms, the maps and charts and globes, and all the modern furnishings of the schoolroom, were growing to be matters of course to her and as for the gas lights and electric bells and speaking tubes and all the modern improvements of dr forsythe's house it seemed to her as though she had always used them she lived a very busy life and had no time for homesickness as for dorothy no little princess of long ago ever had a more faithful attendant than caroline was to her most carefully was she watched that she was not too tired or too warm or in any way unfitted for a walk to the car and her rubbers and wraps were looked after with equally vigilant eyes caroline sees everything papa said dorothy and thinks of everything i don't believe she forgets me for a single second god bless caroline said dr turning to her and resting on her brown head a hand that trembled a little even as his voice did he saw very plainly what caroline's eyes did not that his little white flower which was one of his pet names for dorothy would not need caring for very long had not caroline become almost extravagantly fond of her little charge on her own account she would still have delighted to care for her not only because she was dr forsythe's daughter but because she seemed almost to feel the pressure of that fair sick mother's lips and to hear her low voice say you will take care of my darling for her mother's sake will you not in addition to history grammar and the like caroline was taking another lesson not arranged for when she came she went one morning to the doctor's private room with a message for dorothy come in he had said nodding to her from the door which stood ajar if your errand is not pressing wait a minute until i have finished this letter caroline waited in silent astonishment dr forsythe was certainly not writing he was walking back and forth across the room and talking with his secretary who sat before a small table running his fingers over a curious little instrument of some sort not much larger than his two hands. It made a little clicking noise. Caroline thought it must be some kind of a music-box with the music shut off. She thought the secretary would have been more respectful to shut off its soft click also while the doctor talked. But he did not. The remedy of which you speak, said the doctor, is nearly obsolete. At least none of the leading physicians use it any more." in my judgment it has worn itself out, or been superseded, because of recent discoveries in regard to this form of disease. Do I talk too fast for you? he asked suddenly, stopping before the secretary who was making the soft click-clicking with all his might, though his eyes were at that moment fixed on a row of books just in front of him. Caroline was so astonished that she forgot to notice what the doctor said next, but gave her entire attention to the secretary and his musical instrument. She saw a strip of paper not over a half inch in width gliding under a tiny roller and heaping itself up on the floor in soft masses. She drew a step nearer and saw that this paper was covered with what looked like little straight marks, as much alike as two peas in a pod. She wrote to Ben in her next letter, and don't you think ben it was a writing machine he writes the secretary does just what dr forsythe says as fast as he can say it then when the doctor has gone on his round of calls the secretary reads over what he has written and copies it on his typewriter did you ever hear anything like that why i know you did i remember now you're telling me something about such a machine that you read of and rufus kedwin said he did not believe there was any such thing rufus never believes anything that he has not seen does he if he were here a little while i could show him several things he does not believe could be found all this to ben the doctor turned at last and smiled on her puzzled face as he said is that something new it is a stenograph have you time to tell her a little bit about it edwards she carries eyes which are interested in everything new if you have time to stop caroline he will show you how it works but first what is wanted of me i must be off her errand done caroline gave ten happy minutes to learning about the queer little machine thinking in her heart all the while what a description she would write of it to ben who liked all sorts of machinery especially if it had to do with writing it is very queer indeed she said it does not seem as though one could ever learn to read that why it is nothing but dashes and they are all just exactly alike to a dot said edwards laughing but if you look closely you will see that they do not by any means occupy the same space on paper nor are there by any means the same number of them on a straight line and their position on the paper show what letter they stand for it does not show me said caroline looking steadily at the slip of paper with an unutterably puzzled look i presume not any more than the dictionary would have shown you how to spell a word before you knew the letters you have to master the alphabet first just as you do with any language is it hard said caroline wistfully not at all hard a wide awake girl ought to learn to read it in a couple of weeks if you like i will teach you how to read and write too for that matter the doctor will have no objection i presume he heartily believes in people learning all they can in this world he says one can never tell where one is going to chink in i must tell that to ben anyway said caroline delightedly he is always saying such things and we never know where he gets them unless he thinks them out she hushed back a little sigh over this last sentence it seemed to her sometimes very strange that she should be having all the advantages and ben all the work and yet how eager he was to learn and how much he would have profited by her opportunities i will learn everything i can she told herself resolutely whether i like to learn it or not I will do it if i can get a chance just so i can teach it to ben when i go home this was the beginning of new lessons dr forsythe on being told of the plan seconded it warmly learn to read and write the stenograph by all means he said the little machine is going to work a reform in the art of writing some day the sooner people realize it and study it the better a good typewriter and stenographer can earn his living and the machine is destined to be used more and more when people get acquainted with it all this was told to ben of course in addition to what had already been written the very next letter had in it a slip of narrow paper filled with neatly made dashes that is a bible verse caroline explained it is Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I chose it because it has nearly all the letters of the alphabet in it, and I wanted you to see them. I know them all now. I dreamed about them and said them over in my sleep until I could not forget them. You see, Ben, there are word signs as well as letters. That very first letter, which stands all alone, is C, and stands for come the next letter is u and the next n and the next t and the next o and then comes the letter m which stands for me is it not queer you can't think how i like it i have taken a lesson on the machine every day since i wrote to you about it i wrote that bible verse myself and mr edwards says there is not a mistake in it and that i did well the machine is such a little darling i just love to make it click it has nine keys no ten counting the space key but there are only five dashes to make i could not understand at first what was the need of so many keys when they kept telling me that it could not make but five marks but i have found out there is one in the middle for the thumb to use and then the four each side of it are just alike i mean they make just the same marks on the paper well all the marks are just alike but what i mean is they put the marks in the same place on the paper i wonder if you understand it it does not sound clear at all i'll tell it different the dash which is at the top of the paper is always s now suppose you wanted to make the letter s on the machine you touch the last key on the right hand and it is made a single dash at the very top of the paper but if you touch the last key on the left hand it is made again it is so with each key whether you use your right or your left hand you will make the same characters do you see that is so you can write real fast and not take time to jump your fingers over to the right or the left at first it does not seem as though that would make any difference but when you watch mr edwards write for a while you know it does did not i really tell you the name of the machine how queer it is a stenograph oh ben how i wish you had one then we could write to each other on it wouldn't that be fun but they cost twenty five dollars mr edwards writes the doctor's letters on his and his lectures and everything he wants written the doctor just walks the floor and talks and mr edwards clicks away and looks around the room is not that the greatest writing you ever saw ben said as having told its story and examined the curious slip of paper for the dozenth time he passed it to rufus kedwin rufus glanced at it his curiosity had been satisfied at the first look some time ago there's no writing about it he said loftily that fellow is fooling her line is awfully easily fooled sometimes I DON'T BELIEVE ANYBODY CAN MAKE READING OUT OF JUST A LOT OF DASHES THAT ARE ALL ALIKE. BUT DIDN'T I TELL YOU THAT LINE HAD LEARNED THE ALPHABET AND COULD READ IT HERSELF? SHE WROTE THIS AND READ IT TOO. WHAT DO YOU MEAN, ANYHOW? YOU DON'T THINK LINE WOULD UNDERTAKE TO FOOL ME, DO YOU? SHE MIGHT, SAID RUFUS COOLLY. WHAT DOES SHE WANT TO PUTTER WITH SUCH THINGS FOR, ANYWAY? SHE HASN'T A MACHINE, AND IF SHE HAD, WHAT GOOD WOULD IT DO HER? That's just exactly like line to go on learning things she hasn't any use for and never will have. you've turned profit, haven't you said Ben good-naturedly? He had been provoked for about one minute, then he reflected how utterly foolish it was to be provoked with a boy who amounted to no more than Rufus Kedwin. I don't know how you or anybody else is going to tell yet awhile whether Line will ever have any use for that. She has done pretty well with things that she has learned so far. "'Hmph!' said Rufus. It was not exactly a sneer, but there was a contemptuous sound in it which made Ben's face flush. He understood what it meant, and concluded, like the wise boy that he sometimes was, not to say one word in reply. End of chapter 17